Watching this intro as much as I can. Ah, 2020. Did you have a plan? I kind of had some plans. I had some Did plans, you get I think. Did you do those plans? Nope. Nope. We didn't do any of those plans. But that we... wasn't the plan. <laughs> I'm not even supposed to be here today. Today we're watching Star Wars Episode Nine: Rise of Skywalker. Oh, we we done <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> oh, now we fucked up. Oh my God. So. If we haven't said it yet, welcome to Behind the Hype. I'm your host, as always, Brian Dressel. With me, as always, is Chewy Darso. Hi. And Jonathan Hardesty. I'm here. Starting <laughs> out our final month of the year, which I'm actually really excited about. I just really don't like the movie for today, so, you know, what can you do? Um, we're starting out this week of, that wasn't the fucking plan, 2020. And what better way to start that when, than with Rise of Skywalker, mm. formerly known as the Duel of Fates, uh, and then slowly got turned into Rise of Skywalker, and by slowly, I mean... As fast as humanly possible, they slapped this dung heap together, and uh, we're going to talk about it. And uh, trigger warning, we're not going to be very nice to it. So if you sat down or popped it on your car on your way to work or whatever it is that you do to listen to podcasts nowadays because you love Rise of Skywalker, I'm going to save you a little bit of time, a little bit of anger. Just move on to the next episode. Yeah, were you, <laughs> so were you a person not who was you. relieved? Were you a person who was relieved when this came out? And it was kind of like the reversal of Last Jedi. Did you hate Last Jedi? You're not going to want to listen to us. Yeah, th- this one's not for you. And no, no. This, this movie, to me, feels like opposite day, in a way. <laughs> where, <laughs> where it's like, here's a good idea. All right, let's well, do the opposite. <laughs> it's, no, because it's opposite day in a child is supposed to try to gain the admiration, respect, or approval of their parents. And in the opposite world, Disney made this movie trying to gain the respect, admiration, and stuff from their fans. And they just pandered as much as they possibly could and brown-nosed and everything, and this is what we got. And typical of those type of situations, it's not very good, and it's very self-serving. Yeah, that's a very fair assessment of this film. Uh, yeah, also a bit of a trigger warning if you like anything from Disney or like Disney in general as a company or have warm fuzzies Disney. towards them. I, let's be honest. If they were a Disney fan listening to this show, they've probably bowed out by now. Dis- <laughs> for the remaining for company. the remaining two. For sure. the remaining two. Disney owns lots of things that the children want. Yeah. And at large... The parent unit knows how to create a good product that the children will appreciate. Whether or not I like the parental unit itself, I will enjoy its products. Oh man, look at Pixar, look at mm-hmm. most of the Marvel franchise. Like they they can they and, are more than equipped to make quality stuff. Mm-hmm. And when yeah. I as the quote-unquote child in this scenario watches this product the parental unit gave me, I am like are you having a midlife crisis? Are you just buying your Cadillac and going out on a drive in your recent divorce 
craziness or something? <laughs> what is going on? I feel like this is more so like the parental unit, if we're going to keep calling Disney that, is just like, hey, do you want a Happy Meal? Oh, sure. I'd love a Happy Meal. Okay, what about for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? <laughs> and dessert? And every other day of your life? Well, I mean, that is technically what I want, but are you sure it's a good thing? No. Yeah. I'm very <laughs> I'm not like the other moms. I'm a cool mom. I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, Disney's the cool mom. <laughs> we don't need a cool mom. We need a mom that's going to take care of us. Okay, so let's start talking about the movie. Because there's not really a way that we can do aware of they've been doing this week, unless you watch other things that were royally fucked up. And I, I just don't really think that's... Uh, there's going to be a lot of where they've been doing this month, which is fine. No one understands Rise of Skywalker Rage like me. I was the guy in the theater as the credits were rolling, yelling every obscenity known to man about the worst fucking movie ever fucking yeah. made. I can't believe they fucking did that. Uh, like, Brian got a look from a father that was walking <laughs> away with his like 10-year-old son that I was like, oh, he's going to be complaining about Brian to his wife later. And I believe my response was, I'm a father too. He can go fuck himself. <laughs> I, I was... I was a little salty at the end of this film, and uh, as the year has gone, I refused to watch it. Well, I did try to watch it a couple times, and uh, it never went well. I never got much past uh, ten minutes. I yeah, just that sounds about right. I, I think it was around the time when Poe and Ray start yelling at each other, and then Finn has that one line to Rose of like "last chance," and she's like, "Nah, I'm gonna stay here and be useless because the internet doesn't like me." Uh, that I'm like, you know, I'm out. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> Like, I, I just I just can't. This movie's it's just too much. And to be fair to the people out there who like it, like this movie is just one hundred percent about fan service. Like story fucking forty nearly fifty years of cinema be damned. We're here to service the fans. And as a, a good friend of the show once said, I am a fan. I like to be serviced. So there are people out there that I understand why you enjoy this thing. I, I get it. I get it. I'm not gonna agree with you, I'm not gonna argue with you, but, but I get it. But when you want to be serviced you still hope that you're getting a quality service sure that's why i'm like i I will see what i can see what they mean but i I just i wholeheartedly disagree because in my opinion and that's what it's going to be from here on out and obviously it was well with chewy and john i i I don't think that this is just the worst star wars movie ever made which i full-heartedly believe this is the worst star wars movie ever Made and I, I are can't, we including the Ewok villain? Absolutely. Okay. Oh um, yeah. Because at least those are fun. Like they're stupid as hell, but they're fun. They um, and one of them is Mark Hamill in it. So how bad could it be? Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> the key word you the, said there was fun. Yeah, I'm not saying this, good. <laughs> yeah. No, this isn't fun. Like what, what this, we're going to no, talk about now, it wasn't fun. I didn't have any fun this time around. Let's no. Be real. It, in my opinion, it's just an all-around bad movie. Uh, and to kind of discuss how this is such a bad film, we need to talk, and basically how how this entire month came about, we need to talk about what the plan originally was. And the original plan came uh, you know, all the way back to when Disney started laying the groundwork of like, all right, so we're going to do a baton pass, apparently, uh, from the grumblings on the internet we found out, is J.J. Abrams is going to start with the baton, he's going to go a little bit of a ways, he's going to hand the baton to Ryan Johnson, and Ryan Johnson's going to take it the rest of the way, and he's going to hand the baton to Colin Trevorrow, and then he's going to take it and finish it. Each, each person taking from what the other person had, creating their own story, and moving forward that will make one nice 
arc. Yeah. Kind of like the original trilogy, three different directors, three different tones throughout the different things. But all in all, they meshed together and created one of the best oh. film trilogies ever. I get it. There was a legitimate plan in place. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like when you play that picture game at parties where someone draws something, you fold it in half, and another person draws something, they fold it. Then another person draws something, and then you end up with this really weird mess at the end that everyone laughs at. But it it can be done. It can be done well, and I, I speak large because the first original trilogy worked. Now, granted, there was a obviously very predominant figurehead with George Lucas at the helm, who was able to kind of you know make sure the the stitching stuck together. And this one didn't really have that. This one had Kathleen Kennedy attempting to do that. I'm not here to shit on Kathleen Kennedy. I think she did the best she could with the horrible plan that they had. I'm not here even to shit on J.J. Abrams that much. Uh, I, I get it. They, there was plans in place. However, when you have a film like The Last Jedi that half the internet goes, fuck you, and the other half goes, you're the greatest thing ever, you got to come down on one side of the fence, apparently. I don't know how you can't just stick to your guns and make the plan that you had. You, you Apparently you have to go, no, I guess the fans were right, and create this abomination of a film that apologizes from frame one for the film before it while never being its own thing, which is beyond infuriating, because when you look at what the film was originally supposed to be, the Colin Trevorrow version, which we, we kind of have to take bits and pieces that we found around the internet. I found a really good video that did like a uh, an animation of it. Uh, it's like 10 minutes long. It's a lot of fun. It's kind of funny. It's got the narrator's really good. And he kind of shines a light on like, this movie wasn't perfect either, but it was definitely better than what we were going to get or what we ended up getting. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, the story had a lot to do with Kylo being basically unreachable. Like, he's gone too far. He killed his dad. He he tried to kill Luke. Like, he is as evil as he is going to get. And even though he might try to not be evil, he's still fucked. And that, at least in my mind, from what we've seen so far, makes sense. It deals with Rey building her own lightsaber before the film starts, just like Luke did in Return of the Jedi, except she's got a double-sided lightsaber because she uses a bow staff. And it's like, oh, this makes sense. I'm into yeah. this. And, and like slowly but surely, you kind of have different threads where you have uh, you have Hux, who was a guy who was really embarrassed by the fact that he got you know decimated Whoa. by Kylo, and he gets obsessed with the idea of the Force and wants to become a Force user himself, even though he has no Force powers. And there's a really interesting subplot there. Then then he gets in charge of the attack on Coruscant that was going to be, and he fails, and he kills himself with Mace Windu's lightsaber, and there's a callback to the prequels, and it's like, what did we get? Well, Hux is a mole who's really mad at Kylo because he made him look foolish. Still one of the best (laughs) moments in the movie, but there was something there, and now it's not. Yeah, he's the the grumpy kid at kindergarten. Yeah. Even though he does have my favorite line in this movie. But it's my favorite line because of how kindergarten-y it sounds. Yeah, but like that's kind of my point. Is like They took something that could have worked, and they just, like, well, we got to have something here. And that's kind of that's kind of how the whole movie feels. Every single plot point, everything in the movie is so rushed that if you can keep track with it, like, the movie's exhausting. Yeah, I think at one point I was trying to I, – I was tweeting as I was watching this because I was just so upset – but the common phrase I used in, in most of my tweets was, oh, got to move on. We're moving on to the next thing. We're moving on to the next thing. And that was the movie. The movie is moving on to the next thing. That's the name of the movie. Like, Yeah, and, and it's like it's super frustrating. Like I, I was obviously following along with John's live tweeting because I have nothing better to do in my life. Um, <laughs> and, and as he gets there, he gets to the part where like uh, they're, on, they're going to Exicle or whatever, which for fans of the Frisky Dingo podcast – more than you bargain for. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, <laughs> I, but you started like, and I just, I couldn't help myself. And 
I'm I just had to start quoting the movie. And I, I don't it's not accurate quotes, but there's a point later on in the film where Poe is talking to Lando, which why the fuck is Lando here? Uh right. He just shows up. <laughs> fuck it. And they're chatting and Lando's like, Well, you should ask for help. And Poe's like, Well, we did in The Last Jedi. We we tried for help, and people are like, nuh-uh. And Lando goes, Yeah, but you should try for help. And Poe's like, fuck, you're right. We should try for help. And then they get help. <laughs> Did you even try to write this? Like, what the fuck is going on? Uh, uh, yeah, I about died at that point <laughs> many times in the movie. But at that point, I was just like, I, I don't know if my heart can take that. That level of writing, that oh, film school 101 level of just hope the actor can do something with it sort of writing first draft version you know yeah it's just like what what was the plan and and i don't mean that in like what was colin trevor's plan because we can keep going into the details on that like there's obviously much better ideas here like i love that there was no relationship between fucking uh kylo and ray because why would there be a relationship between kylo and ray he tortured her. They can have a <laughs> right. relationship. Romantic should, relationship. It Sorry, not romantic. Be romantic. Yes. Yeah. Because anyone who thinks this is romantic, I'm either hoping that they're part of the BDSM community and they say some weird thing going on, or they just don't understand what a toxic relationship is. There, there's nothing romantic about it. Like even like I, I have some friends who still enjoy the movie. Like yeah, I didn't really buy the kiss though, and I'm like, that was your one problem. I can understand really having that. a connection. I have no problem with them having a connection. I, I even going like going along with the film and calling them a dyad in the force. I'm like, okay, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, I'm into this. Like, I, I'm into them being so connected. And the idea that the force is like a is this like quantifiable thing where only so many people can use it. And the more people use it, the more diluted it gets, which is a very Sith mindset. And it's like, oh, maybe there's some validity to this. And since there's so few force users out, it's just getting funneled into these two people and they're just getting ridiculously powerful. I'm into it. Yeah. There is a good story there that could be done, but they just kind of like hint at it and like, yeah, whatever. They're going to make out. And then he's going to die after she was just dead. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> right. What? Yeah. No. And, and you even just the, I was going to say, you can get the sincerity of moments without kissing. Like there, The movie doesn't know that. These that, filmmakers don't know that. But a no one on our production knew that. The ending of Pacific Rim. <laughs> Start that over. A wonderful example of that is the ending of Pacific Rim. Yeah. They have a wonderful connection. Yep. And they end the movie on a very tender, intimate moment. They don't kiss. Yeah, because they don't have a, a romantic relationship. Yeah. Which would make sense for Kylo and Rey. Like, if they are connected through the Force and they cannot get away from each other, that's how they're able to, like, physically pull things from the other one's locations. Like, there's some really cool ideas in there. They're all explored yeah. better in the books, but whatever. And, like, it's just such a shame that it just didn't fucking work. And I think a lot of that comes down to, it has to come down to, we have to appease the fans. And we have to appease the fans. Yeah. Ooh, and let's make sure we don't forget to appease the fans. But what? But the right. fans. Which but what fans, fans are they appeasing? They, they just went after the ones who were super loud and angry. Because most of those are the ones who are like, I mean, I like that they fixed things from Last Jedi, but you still made a shitty movie. And it's like, yeah, they did for one and for two. Why were you going after them to begin with? They were never gonna like anything you gave them. Yeah, and even they don't like this movie either. 
<laughs> exactly. Like, they, they never like, were. They, they were never. You don't go for the most toxic fan base. Never. I mean, cause a lot or of every time... Assassin's Creed would take place in Japan. Like <laughs> You don't go after the most angry people because you'll never sate them. So don't bother. And they also don't provide a lot of the money for these things. Like they don't. They, it's there's like this fallacy that there's so many of them that they'll tank the movie, and it must speak to the fear behind making these movies. The fear that you would cater to them who bring such an insignificant amount of money. They'll still go to the movie. You'll still get the money from them no matter what. Yeah. Like, so even if they tip the scale or not, they're not not going to this. Not really, Star Wars. In my opinion, those type of people aren't really the ones giving you money. They're the ones that are going to stream it later and then make yeah. a blog immediately. Yeah, yeah. They're they're not going to pay for it. No, and like that's where like I've said before in this podcast, like I am generally a fan of J.J. Abrams. I don't think he makes the world's greatest films. I've never said that, uh, but I usually will say if he is attached to a film, and at least in the director's standpoint, it will be bare minimum entertaining. This is the first film that I'm like. Nope, missed the mark. But otherwise, I think he's pretty much across the board at least entertaining. I know if I give him my 15 bucks, I'm going to have a good time from frame one to the end. Even if it's a dumb movie, eh, it was still fun. Yeah. And this is the only time where I'm like, I, I feel like he was under so much pressure to not just make the end of the trilogy, but at some point they got in their head, we have to end the Skywalker saga. He had an impossible task. So that's why like, when I said earlier, I'm not here to shit on JJ too much. It's he did a terrible job with a terrible job, and like the deck was stacked against him from day one. And in my opinion, the the Skywalker saga was done at Episode Seven or Six. Yeah, Sorry. no, it absolutely was. And, and the, just, these, this franchise made sure of that by basically not having any fucking Skywalkers in it. Yeah, and like <laughs> Rey's not a Skywalker. Okay, she's adapting the name. That's nice. Ben is a Solo. Yep. I mean, yes, he has some Skywalker blood in him, but by general, I guess, patriarchy standards, that's the way it is. Like, Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So there, there really is no Skywalker. Then you have Luke, who's just stomping around like a grumpy old ghost dick. And it's like, <laughs> his character could not be more the exact opposite than it was See, in Last Jedi, which I can, I can forgive because he grew in Last Jedi. Okay, sure. But his standpoint shouldn't have changed especially because he ends on that standpoint with yoda agreeing yeah. on it needs to fall apart to be rebuilt yeah maybe the jedi were flawed cool so let's rebuild something new and then yeah. this movie first off just just to get back on my my grumpy rant phase uh the fucking throwing the lightsaber into the burning thing while oh, ray is God. ready to give up and the ghost hand of luke comes out and grabs it I've seen so many people like, I stood up and cheered. It's just like the best fuck you to Ryan Johnson. Whether or not it's a good fuck you, A, it's not. But whether or not it's a good fuck you, why would you want that in a movie? It's vindictive. It's vindictive for one. For two, it, it takes you, it rips you out of the movie. Even if you were into this thing, you still stood up and cheered because it insulted a different movie. It just pulled you out as hard as it could. Yeah, and it also highlights a huge a huge weakness in the three movies, just in general, that Ryan Johnson tried to fix, but then J.J. Abrams bookended it by bringing it back, is his fascination in this trilogy on the items. The items are important. Items yeah. matter, and they're not, like, they have life to them. And it creates kind of this, it's boring, first of all, 
It's like, well, in the first movie, it's Luke's lightsaber has this mythicalness about it. It's alive and it has voices. And where'd like, you get it? That's a story for another time that I'll never tell you. It's like he probably wiped his <laughs> bum with his lightsaber in the Abrams. previous movies, right? Yeah. Like, these things aren't important. You build them as the rite of passage, and then they're a lightsaber. They're a tool. And so, like, that's the whole part of Force Awakens is this lightsaber so special, finding Lucas so special. And then throwing it away, it was like, okay, just move on from items as mattering in this. We need to grow up from just treasure hunting, item hunting. This isn't a video game, right? And so then, oh, oh, we're, we're moving on to the treasure hunting here soon. Don't worry. We're coming back yeah, yeah, around yeah. for the fucking so then, treasure hunting. So then this movie doubles down on that where, like, the lightsaber's like, why would you throw away this lightsaber? It's like, it's a stupid lightsaber. Kylo threw his away. Come on. They're, there's, yeah. They have, and they not have, to mention, like, more. just going and, back to, like, the prequel trilogy, Anakin goes through, like, three lightsabers in the second movie. I'm sorry, he breaks Master, them all I lost my time. lightsaber again. Yeah, oh, again. No. And he's like, oh, yeah. Obi-Wan's going to be so mad I lost another lightsaber. Like, they don't give a shit. Right. And there were more Jedi, so there were more lightsabers, but still. <laughs> but then, like, this movie decides to take that, that idea that these items are important. And how she defeats Palpatine is with a lightsaber. This inanimate object that's just a laser Doing beam. the Wonder Woman X. Right. And it's like, <laughs> I can defeat you with another lightsaber. It's like, well, what's the quantifiable thing that that lightsaber has that defeats the lightning? Like, where... where Willpower. I, yeah, willpower. It doubled her willpower. Yeah, I got she really started going in brightest day, in blackest night. No evil shall escape my sight. <laughs> that would have been amazing. I got really angry at that part. Both of her lightsabers turned green in that moment. I'm like, I'm down with this crossover. <laughs> right. No, it's just like the importance of items really is bad in this, and it's just it's a bad thing to do in in this movie, and they just really well, doubled it's, down it's, on it. It's the thing that. But of all of the things that bother me in this movie, let's talk. Are you talking about the treasure hunt? Well, I was going to talk about the not Star Warsy things they do. Oh, sure. Let's go through those. Um, but then we'll move on to the the. Which is interesting for me to even bring up this topic because I was having a not argument, but a kind of <laughs> awkward conversation with someone who I didn't agree with them on what they qualified as a Star Wars film. Uh, but their their qualification was it says episode something something yeah. something something. Yeah, they had a crawl. They have to have a crawl in the beginning of it. I'm like, well, that's nice, but it's not in my brain. It's not required. But building off of that, they do things in this movie that they don't do in any other Star Wars film. One glaring thing to me was a flashback. Yep. That's Although there was, as soon as you said it, I remember there was one other movie that did flashbacks. Are you talking about episode two? I'm talking about Force Awakens. <laughs> The other Abrams movie they does do flashbacks. Do a flashback in that one too? <laughs> yep. Yeah. It must not have been as jarring because I don't remember it. It made more sense thematically because it was when, uh, or maybe it was, no, they do it in Last, uh, Last Jedi too. But isn't. It's when he talks about, like, I almost killed Kylo. And then oh, Kylo yeah, yeah. pushes the house away, then Luke all I around. I guess it. that's true. They, they do flashbacks in all of them. This is the most egregious, in my opinion, yeah. because it's not really motivated by plot. It's like, do you remember when I was with my brother and we ran through the forest? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Treading for hours. So, yeah, that one. So that one just pulled me out. I didn't like that flashback. I forgot about the other ones. They, for some reason, they didn't affect me as much. They were but, more driven by story. You're, and, you're, you're spot on. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of flashbacks in Star Wars in general. Like, to, no, it's just it's a weird thing to do. Uh, and then, especially because the whole movies are already flashbacks. Uh, it starts with a long time ago. Yeah. And then <laughs> the monologue from um, 
Poe Dameron at the end when oh. they're getting themselves together to go fight. It's like, <laughs> I don't need this. Why oh, are man. we doing this? Everyone pick up their phone because uh, Poe Dameron's dialing it in. It's oh. crazy. <laughs> it's like... <sighs> I, I just don't like unnecessary narration and suddenly it felt like that's what we were getting. I know it's supposed to be like an inspirational monologue, right? but it would have been inspirational if it was during one of their circle talks. Right. I think for me, it, it, it's one it of, was over a montage and I'm like, stop it. Just yeah. Stop no, it. no director was there when he read that text. Honestly, no. be, like JJ Abrams was in the room when, uh, you know, <laughs> Oscar Isaac read that because there's nothing. It's, it's dead words performed perfunctorily you know like it's just we gotta be inspired to defeat the evil we gotta fight the palpatine but here's the thing it's like maybe this is why we all have such a problem with it is poe and finn do not feel like generals general organa makes sense she was always in charge she was a prince she was royalty and then she always took charge poe is a grunt and finn is a twice deserter yeah like why are these two fucking yeah. guys in charge of the I anything? Mean, anything, and no one, and no one in the movie acknowledges that. I'm not saying they're bad characters. In fact, that makes them better characters to not put them in charge. Luke was yeah. never in charge. Han was never in charge. Not counting the yeah. books. I'm talking about in the movies that we saw them. They were but, never in charge. Uh, they were kind of. They, they were, were the all star players, but they were never. Yeah, they the were one- in charge to lesser degrees in Return of the Jedi. Mon Mothma was in charge. She's Mon the one who set them on the, the thing. Yeah. They got in charge of them yeah. on the ground level, but there were still generals in charge of them. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. like, so why do we put them in these commanding roles when their characters have never commanded shit except for, I'm a grumpy dick, that's Poe, and fuck this, yeah. I'm out, that's Finn. Why would they ever yeah. be in charge of the Rebel Alliance or whatever the that fuck? That is their key arcs. Their key arcs yeah. are, <laughs> I'm going to pout and I'm out. <laughs> yeah, like the resistance. Like, why would you put them in? It doesn't make any sense. We resist this leadership. arc. Makes no fucking sense. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the movie Ray's doesn't like always the... going off and doing her own quest. That's right. what Ray does. She always yeah. just fucks off. <laughs> <laughs> She's never really part of the team. <laughs> and the side doing... characters in this movie don't acknowledge Poe and Finn necessarily either in their no. actions as leaders. They're just like, oh, he, these guys are talking louder, so let's defer to them. But we have the same amount of exposition that they that they do. Yeah, I am honestly... you know, side character Pippin or Mary. Right, I'm Mariadoc, the space. Guy, I have just as much exposition as Poe. Don't get me Almost started word on for word. the Pippin of it all. Oh my god! But in my mind, Mary, I, I've, sorry, I've now watched. I've now watched all three of these movies. Well, I've seen this one twice. The other ones I've seen way more than that. Uh, Billy Lord should have been who was in charge. Yes, like she, she was, made the most sense. She was always there. She was right at Leia's side and Leia's daughter. But you know that it would have made she, more sense. And she was in all the other movies. She was in all of them. She so looks she like. Was, Established it, as an authority of some sort. No one would have questioned it. Yeah. And she's a great actor. Watch American Horror Story. She's, she's American good. Horror Story. She's fucking great. She could have handled it. She would have crushed it. Having Poe and fucking Finn? Uh-uh. And not to mention, it just feels like a like a gimme for Finn. Like, I know there's... John Boyega has been very public about how much his character was just fucking kicked out yeah, of the movie. his character really doesn't have anything to do in the movie. No. So even that would be like, all right, so Finn is the general. It makes no sense because it's twice deserted, but he's the general. It's like, okay, well, at least then his character is something. Yeah. But like, no, nah, well, we're going to Poe be the general, too. They're both be generals, and they can get a doctor, doctor joke in there. Yeah. <sighs> just kind of uh. yell at each other a bunch, and Finn gets to yell everyone's names at some point. That's banter. Yeah, that, that's banter. You know, the banter is Finn going, Poe! Ray! 
It's like she is so far away from you and in the middle of like a really wavy hurricane. She can't hear you. Yeah. Stop yelling her name. But right. this is all I have, man. Ray! Yeah, and the, his white knightness was always something that annoyed me in all three movies. But again, that was something that could have been arced out of him. Yeah. It could have worked. They could have roughed those edges out over the three films. Because all he does is get paired with powerful women. Yeah. Who put him in his place, so he <laughs> should have learned. But no. It didn't really happen. And he should have made out with Poe. Let's be honest. They should have banged. I wasn't really into it, but now that I'm, now that I'm here, I'm like, fuck it. They should have banged. Because if Disney's going to throw in our fucking like, cookie gay characters as two random female extras who kiss in one hey, shot. One wasn't an extra. She had lines. Oh, sorry. A featured extra and a regular extra. <laughs> We're going to have a quick right. smooch. It's like, fuck off, Disney. Fuck off. No, we're accepting. Sure yeah, That's representation. Are. That is representation. Signed, Disney. <laughs> Signed, Disney. You eat it up. We'll we're allies, it. right? We wanted oh, to put man. it in as easily removable as possible so we could put it in markets that will get mad at us. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like India, who's currently very mad about a kiss. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, man, like, the musical score is such that you could, yeah, it's super easy to edit out that yep. scene. In fact, I was in the middle of a tweet, and I missed the scene. Like, <laughs> that's how quick it was. Uh, all right, so I, I could bitch for days about this movie, as obviously, and then I just get really lost in the weeds of bitching about it. But let's try to focus in on something very good to bitch about. And in my mind, that has to be with the scavenger hunt. I have no problem uh, with a with an adventure that takes them from planet to planet to planet. Revenge of the Sith did the same shit. Uh, it's just like, oh, we have a random excuse to go to this planet. And how about, uh, well, Order 66. we got to find all the Jedis. Look at all the planets we can find. Like, I, I get there. There's ways that you can kind of like uh, want to shove in as many alien worlds as possible to make it look like it's a grander film. I get it. I see you. That's kind of what I think they were trying to do here. Like, let's, okay, we got to go to this planet over here that's kind of like Tatooine. And, oh, we're going to find Lando. And then we have to go to this planet. We have to go to this planet. We have to go back to Endor where it all ended, kind of, for a little bit. And we this, have to go we're back going to, the, to the planet this time, not the that's moon. That's true. And we have to go to the original Death Star, which landed in the ocean. Oceans, which are known for their stability and non-moving ways. So we're going to craft this knife that as long as you stand <laughs> at this exact point on this exact mountain and line it up, luckily, With earth this... and water never moves. Remember that. So when we yeah. <laughs> make this knife, it's going to line up perfectly to show you where that one MacGuffin-y thing is that as soon as she finds, oh. Kylo is going to break. What a goddamn waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I called that in my little tweet storm the uh, the important knife that has a very it's very important. Apparently, it was in. I don't remember if it was in the comics or if it was in Rebels. Like there was a knife somewhere else in one of the properties, and it was a tie-in. I think from this is loosely me going off someone else saying things on the internet, and I don't never vetted it. <sighs> I'm just so frustrated with that knife. The knife just kills me so much. Well, there, there's the so many just... things in this movie that annoys me, but it, there's nothing like the knife. Well, the knife goes back to that problem—the problem of the item suddenly yep. having this importance that isn't. It's a stupid knife, a runic yeah. knife. Like this when... is all from the writer producer of Lost. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. So I love JJ for his style and stuff but there's places where it just is kind of annoying it is a rant running joke for me personally that when people don't communicate they're talking about being on the island 
I'm like, all right, we got to get off the island, guys. Stop keeping secrets. <laughs> Just talk to each other. And there's multiple moments in this movie including the knife that is just a little description on it with, you know, parables or whatever. In Sith, that yeah. 3PO, which we're getting to next. Don't worry. I and forgot about 3PO, like the movie fucking did. And be like, Leia knew it too, but she didn't tell you. And it's just like, why? Secret, why was that important to keep? are no fun. <laughs> JJ, come on. It's this like you is totally why mis- I just want to send you a mystery box. Right. It's like why you, it's, you completely misunderstood the conversation of Return of the Jedi. From a different point of view, Obi-Wan's whole thing. I was like, that makes sense. And this is just like, you just didn't need to know it until the plot demanded it. And I'm like, that's bullshit. Yeah. That's not a you different point of view. That's bad writing. You didn't need to know it until the correct amount of drama came up. Yeah. So, speaking of the correct amount of drama, I I was going to jump into 3PO next. But now that I feel like I need to, if I'm going to stay on the hate train, I just need to keep riding it. It's a comfy train. I I think my, my absolute beyond the knife... Which fuck the knife beyond the knife that <laughs> beyond the, the important that knife me the most, which is going back to Chewie's thing, is the thing that Star Wars doesn't do, and that's fake out deaths. Uh, and this movie is chock full of fake out deaths from from the title crawl. It's like yeah. you thought the Emperor was dead. No, yeah. that's the theme of this movie. <laughs> Before we see anything, we have gotcha. Emperor's alive. What? Not to mention, just just to step on it for just a second, I've never seen the opening crawl have to carry more weight than it does in this movie. <laughs> it's like the first line of the of the opening crawl should be "Buckle up and make sure you read what's below," because <laughs> otherwise you're going to be lost. Um, <laughs> anyhow, the fake out deaths in this movie they're relentless and beyond infuriating. You have Chewbacca, you have three uh, PO. You have mm-hmm. Ray, you have Kylo twice, and uh, and you have I always forget her name, Carrie Russell's character, and I guess Babu Frank and basically everybody on that planet who didn't die. Um, right. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. That was Carrie Russell's planet that they blew up, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 So somehow she just saw the laser coming and fucked off with Babu Frank somehow, really fast because time really fast. and space doesn't matter in this this trilogy. And then after um, having her whole planet destroyed, she's like, "Yeah, thumbs up." I'm going to go fight these guys. Real cool. <laughs> Woo. Hey, she got another coin. Yeah, somehow she got yeah. another coin. Like she gave, that's what's even more infuriating. She gave her one way out to Poe. So you'd assume she's definitely dead. Her name is Zori Bliss. Thank you. Uh, nah, yeah. she's fine. She got out. She's got Babu Frank. Hey, hey. Right, no but who cares? Because Babu. Babu, Babu Frick, Babu. right? Bob yeah, Bob, cute. Bobby, Bobby Frank is pretty he does, awesome. Like, he's very good at his job, and he communicates well. He, he tells does. people exactly what's going to happen, and that's what happens. He does not, you know, make secrets. He he has my favorite moment in the entire movie, which is also a quote, so I'll get to that at some point. Um, yeah, but uh, to what you were saying, um, the Chewbacca death, specifically, I timed it <gasps> about five minutes before it was revealed he's alive again. About five but minutes. That, that was one of the problems that I had with the rewatch of we didn't need to know. No. You could have, that scene of him going on the ship was so unnecessary and t- and totally undercuts the moment when Ray feels him on the ship. Yep. We could have had yeah. an emotional moment with her there and instead we got the, yeah, we already knew. Cool. Let's move on. Yeah. So instead yeah, it was know. like, yeah, we knew, we know already, Ray. Where are you at? Catch up to the movie. Like, yeah, like everyone at the you, resistance camp, they know this already. Missed, <laughs> Welcome to now. <laughs> a missed opportunity of sincerity. Yeah. Which, with a movie that's all about, like, 
You want some emotions, kids? We got some emotions. Hop in the van. We'll give you some emotions. It fails in, like, every... Yeah. Don't, don't tell me Chewie's alive right away. I mean, that scene is, like, what, three minutes long? Maybe. And that was, like, I was yeah. legitimately upset in the theater. Both kind of, like, legitimately upset going, you can't fucking kill Chewbacca like that. I know how Chewbacca dies, and it's not like that. It's throwing Han's son back into the Millennium Falcon and yelling at a moon as it crashes into him. Far more dramatic yeah. than uh, Ray blew him up with lightning powers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but even when I first saw this, not knowing anything going into this, if they had stuck with that and he had died, I'd be like, okay, a bold choice. Like, but a choice. He, like, some, like, having this movie do something bold was where I was but, hoping for. But right? just to be the grumpy dick that I can be, would it have been a bold choice? They've done fucking nothing with Chewie throughout the entire sequel trilogy. So to kill him here, he's like one of the safest ones to go. He's almost as safe as 3PO, who also fucking goes. Like, they didn't go after Rey. They didn't go after Poe. They didn't go after any of the new characters. It's just the ones who have all been kind of like kicking around like, yeah, I'm here. I'm not really here for plot. I'm mostly here so that you guys can buy t-shirts with my face on it. Mm. Those are the ones who all die. Yeah. And then come back. And then Kylo dies again. And then he comes back and then he dies again. (laughs) Right. So I mean that's a, that's a fair point. Uh, it's just I think having someone, someone that the fans, I was very much in, in rebellion in re- re- resistance to this movie at, at this point. So having something shift in this movie, from its its up till now boringness, having Chewie die is like okay, this is gonna spin like derail the top a little bit, change things up. No, because it is a genuinely emotional moment. Yeah, which happens uh, for some jedi where they lose control and they accidentally use the dark side for a jedi or someone who hoping to be one it is almost a turning point yeah we're like did that feel good do i want to use that power again or do i fight it and become a stronger force user in the light direction like it is so pivotal most of the time, emotionally, for someone being trained in the Force. And then they just kind of go on from it. I mean, she kind of, she... Well, it's it's such a... Again, like what you were saying about Chewbacca should have actually died. Because it would have continued to have had weight. Yeah, right. And it just, it didn't. No. And then and then the, the writing does this thing where Kylo, when he's talking to Rey at some other point in this movie, because, I mean, I'm not keeping track, but he's like, I made you test your limits so you could know who you are. I'm like, Kylo Ren, you were fucking surprised as well. You dumb shit. <laughs> I mean, he's surprised because of her power. You weren't you weren't he, masterminding he this moment, her. Kylo. Like yeah. there was no masterminding this moment to for her to kill Chewbacca. Like the movie It's like in the the original Muppet movie where they get the script to catch everyone up. It's like everyone has the script to this movie in the world of this movie. Yeah. There's no surprises. There's nothing hidden. It's just kind of everyone's just kind of a lying, grumpy dick. I mean, it was surprising to the people that were actually on that ship because they're like, oh, yeah. "We're just a general cargo ship. We don't know what you guys are doing. Why are we in the middle of this? How are we not able to fly? Is she shooting lightning at us?" <laughs> For them, it was quite surprising and terrible. <laughs> but like, I've even seen some people more on our side of camp who really hate this movie who even take issue with her having lightning powers. That didn't really bother me. Like, it bothered me more that she's a Palpatine than anything else. I mean, if you have issue with her having lightning powers, you don't really understand 
I guess, yeah, the I, Force. Because anyone who is very attuned to the Force and can use it could potentially have lightning powers. It's a yeah. choice. <laughs> yeah, so it's just, like, that one didn't really bother me at all. The idea of her being a Palpatine really bothers me. I've never enjoyed It makes you that. start asking questions. It, it makes you ask questions about Star the movie. Wars. It does. Like, it kind of brings, it either brings rape or the weirdest consensual sex ever. Because you, yeah. Because who fucks Palpatine? Yeah. <laughs> Thinking of <laughs> Palpatine as a sexual creature is not very pleasant. Palpatine at the end of Jedi? Because he had to have her after Jedi. Yeah. No, well, he didn't. His son. His, he, he had. He would have. Oh, so he would have had a son He would have had Jedi. it. During after uh, Order sixty six, yeah, he so at some point. So he's still all. Well, he's the emperor. He's still all burned up. He's still all burned up. He's very much the emperor when he's sleeping with whoever her grandma is. I just liked his personality. He's so hateful. It works. Yeah. I love it about him. It's great. Yeah. Like it just it just brings in this weird like. It grinds the movie just... to a halt as you start to scratch your head and think. Couldn't she have been Wait, a niece? What? <laughs> Couldn't she have been a clone? You already shown us your clone tanks with all the fucking uh, yeah. Andy Circuses in there. <laughs> I hate this. I mean, unless, so unless I can't remember anybody's names. <laughs> yeah, unless the, the whole thing is that. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, unless he just petri dished everywhere and forced alived them. I just, I, like here's all my uh, DNA here on the floor. I'm bored as emperor of nothing. <laughs> uh, hey, you're alive. You're alive. You're my son. Go to it. <laughs> and not to mention, the way that we find out that she's a Palpatine, that conversation with Kylo, it's just like, it's like Abrams and company watched The Last Jedi and watched the scene where he revealed that her parents were nothing. And they're like, that's a really good scene. Man, those two actors sold the shit out of that scene. <laughs> Let's do it again, but dumber. Your parents were nothing by choice. See, I didn't lie to you because your parents were nothing, but they were nothing by choice. Your parents were something. They were Palpatines. It's like, what? No, uh. you can't just say I didn't lie to you and then say, but I lied to you. Like, you understand that's bad writing. Like, you have to, Abrams. Like, no, I'm not trying to be offensive here. You have written amazing things. I know you're not a bad writer. So why is this so poorly written? And don't say Chris Terrio, because he wrote great films like Batman vs. Superman. It, it's, it's poorly written because it's not, it's not written based on creativity. It's written based on demand. Demand and necessity. Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's yeah, written on necessity. Written well. It's a, it's a, Angry fucking fanboy checklist. And that, that's the whole thing. I don't know how much more I can keep talking about this. We've been talking about it for about 45 minutes, and I'm just getting more and more angry. And it's been like our most scattershot episode. <laughs> so let's talk about good things. Uh, Kylo's hair still looks very nice. It does. Uh, it's cool. For the most part, costumes were very good. Ray's costume sucks. Ray's costume is just recycled from... Force Awakens. Yeah, but with some shapeliness around her boobs yeah, the whole time for some highlight, fucking reason. Highlight her. She's uh, wearing fabric that like sashes, o- like sashes that like hangs over her shoulder blades. Like it looks like it's like tied into her mm-hmm. like a belt, but for some reason it still cups around her boobs. Yeah, like there was so, there was a choice. There was a specific choice of like she's got boobs. But um, they took a page out of George Lucas. It's like there's no bras in space. <laughs> Except they didn't. Except she does. She's right? clearly she's wearing. Definitely wearing a bra. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so they were uh, a little too afraid to commit Finn, to the whole Lucas. There you go. They Finn, didn't go full Lucas. The outfit was very nice. I liked his yeah. blue pants. Very like I'm kind of Han Solo-y type inspiration, but not. 
Uh, I liked Poe's uh, very, like, hugging attire Mm -hmm. where, like, we know how muscular he is. It also could definitely transfer into an Indiana Jones or just, like, any movie based in the desert. It's it's kind of a generic-y type costume, but he still wore it really well. Actually, on this rewatch, I didn't even think it was that generic. I thought it was very specifically Nathan Drake from Uncharted 3. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Short of having a necklace with a ring in it. Why is he not doing that instead of Spider-Man? Right? He would have been great. I've Uh, been saying this forever. Yeah, why do you think Nathan Drake a high schooler? I'm sorry. I mean, he always looks like he's in high school to me. Yeah, the movie served as actually like a, a whole like pitch for uh, Nathan Drake. Yeah. Um, but something that really like I kind of liked both times I watched this uh, was the healing as a Jedi power used to heal, prevent death. And it led me to believe that maybe the solution isn't just kill bad guy win. It's yeah. more like heal, bring life to death, balance out the death that's in this. Like it gave me, <laughs> it gave me a new hope. Well, that's where we get into all the best ideas came from the books. Yeah, but even this, there was groundwork in the prequel trilogy for this, which I actually kind of appreciate because it goes back to the the dyad and the force of these two are more powerful than anyone else has been before them. And you go back to that story with Palpatine to Anakin when they're at the water show. The water opera, yeah. Sure. But he has that whole thing about like one guy got so powerful he could undo death. And these two are so powerful they can undo death. I like it kind of nice. came back. For yeah. me though, it's very much a thing from the Dathomer that I can never say their word. Dathomer. Dathomer. I'm so bad about that. I'm sorry. Uh witches. Who oh, yeah. Do it in the courtship of Princess Leia. I'm not I sure if they book. Yeah, you did. Uh <laughs> where they very detailedly talk about how you can give up your life force to somebody to heal them. And they use it with several other Jedi in the legacy books. <laughs> Thank you, Disney. Um, Are you okay? You kind of choked those words out. Yeah. I, I was musing to Brian about what would it have been like when Disney bought Marvel if they'd called all of the previous co- comics legacy comics yeah. <laughs> and just went, we're going to do our own thing now. We're not going to use any of our source material. We're not using it. It's all legacy. We're yeah. doing our own thing. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, but that was very much established. So people who complained about that were like, you don't know what you're talking about. Uh, and then we had a moment where we kind of saw Admiral Dala in the ships that are clearly coming out of the Moss yeah. system. Uh, but that's all stuff deep legacy knowledge again. And the whole idea with Exar Kun from the... Uh, Jedi search books where he is a evil spirit of a Sith Lord who has his throne room that he uses to seduce a Jedi apprentice to becoming his host to bring him back to life. You know, that doesn't sound familiar at all. I do kind of wish they had they had taken from the Colin Trevorrow one where Kylo had to go train from another Dark Lord. And he taught him like the Darth Bane powers. Of course, I'm gonna bring up Darth Bane. We're talking about Star Wars, but, like the Darth oh. Bane powers, where if you as you get weaker, you can drain someone's energy. Yeah. Like I think that's so much more interesting than. I mean, especially if they you have the Diet and the Force. So Ray learns how to give energy, and Kylo learns how to take energy. Mm-hmm. And wow, suddenly we have some uh, drama. Some drama. <laughs> some drama. Right, right, and and there's hints of that there, which I was perking up at. 
whenever that yeah. those elements started to pop up in this movie and just yeah like the the idea of life and death give and take and those things are in here they're you're hard to see through the weeds a little bit but they're there and i really kind of latched onto those a lot especially yeah. the second time they're, through they were all yeah. stories taken from quote-unquote source material legacy yeah <laughs> And if you if you try to come at me and say no 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 they came up with that on their own, shush. Fuck you. <laughs> um, well, it's funny because the- I read the I read the Bane stuff after watching this the first time. Like I think you recommended it to me, and so I checked it out. Yeah. And just how it went into all this the the holocrons the the idea of power taking and yeah just conceptualizing the Sith in a different way. I was like, hey, this is what this movie could have done because it already started to reconceptualize what the Jedi were. So why not flip the other side? If they like, had just taken Kylo and just started slowly turning him into Darth Bane, and I, I would have been sad because it would have been less Darth Bane stuff out there, but it would have been a good journey for Kylo, and it yeah. would have made sense for Kylo. Like, Kylo yeah. going so dark that he's ir- unredeemable, I think makes sense. And it would have been a stronger character. Because him running at the end, uh, running in to save the day at the end, just made me think YA novels. And I should not be thinking YA novels while watching a Star Wars film. But oh, that's what yeah. it felt even, like. even the costuming, the costuming yeah. also suggested YA novel, like the loose fitting gray a shirt, loose sweater. Yeah, he started wearing a loose <laughs> long sleeve T-shirt. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> he was wearing that underneath his Kylo outfit. His vest <laughs> yeah. thing. Um, I feel like we didn't mention Princess Leia or Carrie Fisher at all. And I kind of didn't want to in the beginning because it just made me sad. I, I don't like talking bad about her. It, to me, her entire thing of like. Let's use footage from the previous movie and try to edit around it was super awkward. Yeah, I appreciate that they that they felt the need to like pay homage and like treat her character with respect. I appreciate that. I personally it didn't work for me. It, it it didn't look nearly as like that's a cartoon person as it did in like Rogue One, but it was still pretty obvious. It, for me it was all about the dialogue that It the, never really matched up. No, it it didn't feel natural. Yeah. It, it felt like she was in a different scene than Ray in like every time they did it. Yeah. It, it just, I, I, I love Carrie Fisher, obviously. And I, for I, some reason she looked smaller, like somehow in the way that they edited her in, they made her shorter. I, yeah. I could see that. It was, uh, Th- that's all I really want to say about it. I just want to give her credit. Cause you know, it was it, still Carrie Fisher in a way. She didn't really have, she didn't really do anything in this movie. Cause it was yeah. all stuff from other films, but it just, you know. it just made me sad. Uh, yeah. Because it, it just didn't do anything, and it made me sad. Yeah, it's one of those having things. Her, having her like, in the movie made me sad, not because of anything she did or didn't do. It's just what they did with what they had. They just yeah, didn't. They didn't try. I think like, they, they tried. tried on a technical level. They tried on a technical level. Like, yeah, you, you weaved her in there as best you could, but like, yeah, the director, like, no one acted like they were with her. No, yeah, the, she's a ghost in this movie, so and I hate it. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I just I feel like there, there's something to be said. Like it, it feels like they're standing at the fence of like, do we recast or do we get rid of her? Uh, and they decided just to stand on the fence and just kind of do both. And it's like you were in a rock and a hard place, and no matter which way you went, people weren't going to like it. And I think this was probably the best possible version of what we could have got. Um. I'm gonna to try to end this on a power on a positive note before we get out of here. It's, uh, unfortunately, because this is Rise of Skywalker, it'll be a positive note mixed with some bullshit. Um, I gotta say, Anthony Daniels doesn't know how to turn in a bad performance. 
<laughs> that's true. Like he, when it comes to C-3PO, this guy just gets it. You can hand him the biggest pile of shit. He'll still be entertaining with it. He still does the best he can. His lines make no fucking sense. He's standing in a room full of strangers, one, people who outright insult him constantly, two, and his final thing he says to them is, I'm looking around at my friends. Oh, but no, but he had the wonderful moment from the CW there. Where sure, he, yeah. Where he quietly looks off to the wall where no one's standing and walks towards it, musing about <laughs> his choices, and then dramatically turns around and goes... My friends. Yeah. <laughs> it was a- I was like, I wish there would have just been a single like spotlight on him in that moment. Oh Let's lean into it. Or just, you know, put a little green paint over his eyes and have him go, you have failed this galaxy. <laughs> uh- <laughs> <laughs> or just when he says my friends, it pans out to see everyone's already left the room. Um, taking one last look at my friends and he turns around they're all fucking gone and yeah, Babu like- Frank's like, hey! Yeah, they all have <laughs> right, to right. go get a drink while you erase your brain. <laughs> Because none of these people were his friends. I don't think he's had a friend since... He was the other fake-out death. Did you mention him? I did mention him. Yeah, because his fake-out death is, in my opinion, the most annoying out of all of them. Because as much as I hate the moment, and that's where I said some bullshit's going to come in, I hate the whole thing. Because we have never... C-3PO is human-cyborg relations. I'm filling over one million forms of communication. Like He is all about his credentials. Mm -hmm. Never once he's like, I'm fluent in 999,999 forms of communication and one forbidden one. Like, (laughs) (laughs) that would have changed the whole trilogy. Like, what? Why, when Anakin Skywalker, little itty bitty Annie, is programming his protocol droid, would he be like, I want him to speak every language except the language of the Sith? <laughs> what was Anakin doing? Why did he even know? Why did he even know? Why would right. why would the, the the logical response here is 3PO going, that must be the language of the Sith. That's the only one I don't know. Yeah. Well, maybe if we do a hard reboot, the language will be re- reestablished somehow. I'll do an uplink to the protocol droid server some bullshit. Reverse the polarity in my protocol disk. Like, <laughs> there could have been something more than just, it's forbidden. What the fuck are you talking about? We've never once had anything about a forbidden language in nine films. Yeah. Maybe it was in some of the books or comics or whatever that Disney made and we just, we didn't know. I don't know. I'm not giving him the rope. Uh-uh. Yeah. This, this felt like a bullshit moment to try to have to kill 3PO. And if that's what we're doing, fine. I'll, I'll sit here and I'll deal with it. And then we do it. And they give 3PO by far the best death in the movie. He sacrifices himself to make sure that the mission can be completed. Mm-hmm. And then he turns into a joke. <laughs> a jokey joke. He doesn't know where he is. Isn't it funny? Yeah. And it is yeah. funny. And Anthony Daniels sells the hell out of it. it he, he makes a terrible thing great. He made some grade A lemonade out of those lemons. But it's still a stupid plot point. If it wasn't for Anthony Daniels, I almost would have been walking out at that moment. He made it work. I think he did the best he could. But my God, was it stupid. And then when he sees R2-D2, they're like, oh, you're fine. In that moment, I like to think that R2's like, what the shit is this? Get down here. Give me your freaking head. I mean, that's essentially what he did. And it's such a great moment. Did you hear? I'm going with, with Ray on the mission. What do you mean I already went? It didn't oh, go man. well for you, 3PO. <laughs> yeah, like that, that visit with R2 was like the equivalent of calling the tech support on your website. It's like, yeah, we saved a snapshot of your website from yesterday, <laughs> and we can bring it back. It just doesn't have today's stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, cool. Fine, fine. Oh, so 3PO is totally fine, and we got emotional for nothing again? Thanks a lot, movie. Fuck you. <laughs> we right, got me that, again, I, JJ and Chris Terrio and JJ and maybe all y'all. Maybe he was hanging out with, um, what's his name from 
Moffat. Oh, yeah, Stephen Moffat. See, he was hanging out with Stephen Moffat, and he's like, you know what? People loved it when I did it in Doctor Who. Kill people and bring them back. <laughs> people liked Doctor Who more when I was in charge as I kept killing people and then not killing them. That was my number one compliment. Everyone loved that about me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was my... <laughs> That's my defining trait, and uh, people love it. <laughs> That's what I brought to Doctor Who. Well, he brought a lot of those. No urgency. That was his biggest flaw as a showrunner of Doctor Who. <laughs> I mean, it absolutely was, because otherwise I think he did a lot of good stuff. Yeah. I don't I don't really mind Moffat. I just my flaw is I care too much about my characters to truly kill them. I love them too much. Kill your babies, Moffat. Kill your babies. Just do it. Do it. Uh, okay, I can't talk about this fucking thing anymore. Do you want to talk about quotes? Sure. Yeah, let's find something that works in this. Um. Oh, I've already got my quote. Mine's been locked and loaded since since the first time I saw this movie. And it's the only good character in the movie, Babu Frank. And it's just, hey! (laughs) And it's specifically when they turn 3PO back on, like after it worked, and he's coming back to translate, and Babu's like, ah, I did my job! (laughs) It gets me every time. Yeah, He's very proud of his work. He is. He's just a positive little dude. Yeah. He's the only good thing in this movie. I like it when they shoot hooks. And he's like, I don't care if you win. I want him to lose. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it's so whiny. <laughs> oh, my God. It, I feel like our son could have said the same thing. Except there would just been a few more, like, foot stamps in the middle. And it would have been, like, the same level of intensity. <laughs> I don't care when. He lose. <laughs> step, step, step. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's about how Corin would say it. Yeah, it tracks. <laughs> yeah, um... For me, it was at the reveal of Hux as the spy. And I was like, okay, I saw that one coming. Yes, I knew it. And then Poe, immediately after that, said, I knew it. And Finn was like, no, you did not. And I'm with Poe on that. Like, I knew it. When they're like, at the beginning of the movie, it's like, there's a spy. It's like, well, who who else? Like, there's no one else that's been defined as the First Order villain. There's no one else other than Kylo. Oh, Hux. Has to be. And, and you know. Yeah. Me being the, uh, you know, I went to film school. Uh, why, why wasn't it Lando? Why wasn't that how you got Lando in the film? We've already proven that he can go undercover. He did it to Jabba. Yeah. So, so why, why wasn't that Lando? I don't know. But it was like the one bright spot performance of uh, Oscar Isaac in this. Like he seemed like he enjoyed being in the movie at that point, and I was like, oh, cool, I'm, I'm into it. I think they all had moments where they're enjoying it, but then you can always find the moments where they're not enjoying it. We must Daisy really the tries. Alpha's. She tries, but you can like she her thinking face is very apparent in this one where it's just like, all right, now you're thinking about what to do next. What do you, what do you mean? Just keep thinking about it. Your eyes are so intense. Should I just blink more? Yeah, just blink more. That'll work. <laughs> People will get your thinking. We'll we'll make sure to put a lot of droplets around your eyes and make sure that your curls from your hair are extra. It's so frustrating because Daisy Ridley is such a good actor. She is. She'll she be re- fine. She She'll will. Get around she this. will. Yeah. She. She's. She's too good not to. Actually, all fucking three of them are too good to be just stuck to the dregs of the Star Wars. I mean, Bleh. John Boyega for us was already established That's before true. he got caught, yeah. cast as Finn. Because if anyone hasn't seen Attack the Block at this point, you are missing out on some of the best sci-fi of the last twenty years. Go oh see my it. God, that movie's too good. It's too good. Outside, but and I mean. Uh, Oscar Isaac. I mean, he's in everything. He's a chameleon. Let's uh, let's move into double features. <laughs> what what are you gonna watch with this? I'm I'm gonna go for the. Uh, oh, I think just, I know. You ooh. won't like it. Okay, 
Well, let, go ahead, let's go let John first. go first. He started. Oh, go okay. ahead, John. Yeah, I'm going for the, the double feature that's going to punish you. Because already oh, this movie is punishing. So it's like, let's just stick with that train. Let's just keep going to hell with this. And uh, uh, the sequel to uh, Boondock Saints. Boondock Saints 2, right after this. <sighs> that's what we're doing. If you don't hate your life after these two movies, then, yeah, like I failed at this double feature. Wasn't that called All Saints Day? Yes. <laughs> I never even saw that thing. I never saw it either. I'm gonna go I watched with 10 minutes title. of it and I stopped. I'm going to go with a movie that I only saw once and went, I don't need to do that again. It is something that Brian enjoys. Uh-oh. So you're going to be a little annoyed at me. Oh. Michael Bay's The Island. Oh, I love The Island. <laughs> it's a terrible movie. It's... You're totally right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it does work. It's... But there, for, I guess you can enjoy it because you don't have any emotional weight to it. I didn't have any emotional weight to that film either. I just don't like anything they did in it. They establish that trains hover now, and then a train, uh, a semi truck full of train wheels crashes, and train wheels go everywhere. <laughs> Why? And they have some weird VR fight where you have flashes of Xbox behind them. Why? <laughs> that movie's so good. <laughs> To uh, sell stuff. <laughs> right. It's not a good movie. The uh, Island starring Scarlett Johansson and Ewan McGregor. Why did we not do that one for Scarlett Johansson? We picked all of our other terrible movies. <laughs> <laughs> because I didn't want to watch it again. <laughs> oh, God. I still feel bad for what we did to Scarlett. <laughs> we did not do right by Scarlett at all. Hey, I'm still fine with You know what? Compared to this movie, movies. we did better. That's true. Scarlett. I mean, we still we did under the skin. We did like her best performance. I don't dislike that I've seen Girl with a Pearl Earring. It's not a great movie, but I, there's things oh, in it. So boring. It's so boring. But and I was happy that I finally saw Lucy. So yeah. Where she turns into a thumb drive at the end. Yeah. Oh, we did not pick great movies for Scarlet. <laughs> All right, I need to do a double feature. I uh, oof. Oof. <laughs> Babe two, pig in the city. That's <laughs> That's what I'm going with. <laughs> all right, like all right. More. Exactly. So watch this horrible garbage, and then you don't want to waste too much time because fucking Skywalker is already two and a half hours long. Babe, two pig in the city. Nice trim. Hour and a half. There's nothing bad in that movie. It's written and directed by George Miller of Mad Max. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. It's got Hugo Weaving in it for a little bit from last month. That's pretty cool. Um, it's good for what ails you. Yeah. The movie ailed you. It's got some some bitchy chimps in it. That's always fun. That's what you always want. The bitchy chimps. Yeah. <laughs> no, man. Babe 2, Pig in the City. Just... There, there was a chimp in this movie. There was a chimp in this movie. Yeah. Yes. Who rebuilt yeah. Kylo's mask. Yeah. Oh. Because you had to rebuild Kylo's mask. Because we wouldn't know it was Ryan Kylo broke the mask. it. The jerk. Ryan broke it. The jerk. <laughs> yeah, because oh. Ryan broke it. That's it. The addition of red was very important in parts of this film. I had like Let, Mass let... Effect 2 flashbacks with that. <laughs> I'm going evil. Together. My face is that lighting is, up. Ooh, that is so right. I didn't even put that one together. I always play the game as a paragon. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh my god, that's too fucking good. Let's be fair though. <laughs> Colin Trevorrow's version did also have Kylo make a new mask. It just wasn't the yeah. old mask with angry red lines on it <laughs> to show how angry he is now. Uh. <laughs> All right, I think that's it. I, I don't think I can go back to it. I don't plan no. on watching this movie again until my son is old enough to watch all of them, yeah. and, and then I'll watch it with him. Yeah, I'll watch fair. it on apology. Like, the next time I'll be like, okay, we have to watch this because it concludes the thing, and you got to see how it yeah. ends, and just grin and bear it. 
Well, you'll get through it. We did not rise while watching this film. No. We f- floundered. Yeah. It's more like the fish slowly gra- gasping for water on the side of a pool <laughs> of Skywalker. My anger rose. <laughs> the rise of anger. That was That's true. The, the rise pool of, of creativity uh, is right there. And the you fish is just dying on the outside of it. But you were like, no, I will give you this inch and you shall live. <laughs> what do you mean? That's not enough. <laughs> what do you mean? There's lightsabers in it. How bad could it be? Did you do any sort of fight choreography? I'm actually Ooh. a saltwater fish, no, and you keep putting something. me in fresh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that is the, the best analogy for this movie. Is it? I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I think my uh, parent-child uh. thing is... That, that's yeah. closer, but that's more of just a dig at Disney in general than Star Wars. But not, don't get me wrong, I'm fine taking, Star Wars. fine taking shots at Disney. Do it all day long. Fuck Disney. Anyhow, next week on this podcast, the hits keep coming. Mm. We're, we're going to keep this party train going. And next week, Suicide Squad. Yeah. <laughs> that was movie is exactly how the director originally intended he, it. He was like, yep, yeah, that was the plan. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. On screen. That's no fuck ups at all. Nothing, nothing went wrong. It was perfect. <laughs> Just the oh, right wait. amount of Joker. Definitely Harley Quinn is the main character, and I love all the jokes. This is what I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm actually looking forward to diving into Suicide Squad. Unlike Rise of Skywalker, where I think Colin Trevorrow's version, granted, it did have Colin Trevorrow at the, at the helm, who has not made that many very good movies. He's done okay, and then he's also made Book of Henry. Uh, I mean, he hasn't been great with his female leads in anything. No, he hasn't. So I'm not sure how good... Rise of Skywalker, or what was it, Duel of Fates, would have been. I like the story better. I look at David Ayer's version of Suicide Squad, I'm like, I'm not sure if I wanted that one either, but it's definitely not what we got. So we're still going to talk about it. We'll talk a little about what David Ayer wanted out of it and then what it came up being, which is... And uh, I actually like... I like more of Suicide Squad than I do of Rise of Skywalker. There's more to... attach on to if it's only margot robbie as harley quinn you still have more to enjoy than you do in fucking rise of skywalker yeah what it's gonna be interesting watching this in like after watching rise of skywalker because it's going to be the time that i'm probably going to be a little bit nicer to suicide squad that i I didn't i didn't expect this would happen that's my guess my guess is i'm gonna be a little bit nicer i'm gonna like it a little bit more and be surprised at myself about that and i would challenge i did not like suicide squad if you haven't i didn't like it at all i say watch birds of prey before you watch Suicide Squad. And I think it might make Suicide Squad a little better. I'm just guessing. If you haven't seen Birds of Prey, check that one out first, and then go back to Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah, I love Birds of Prey. I, I think I think that's how I'm going to do it this time. I, I think it'll kind of help. Okay. But we'll see. Uh, let's do a quick round of plugs, and we'll get out of this thing. Uh, for this show and every other show on the ATH Network, be sure to check out ATHpod.com. Uh, we are wrapping up. Welcome to You Are Doom, which is sad. But then we're going to be continuing with... I might have to cut this out, but I'm pretty sure the name of the new show is Binge Buddies. I really like that name. It's fun to say. That's all it really needs. Uh, and that's will be where Venture Brothers used to live, where Frisky Ningo currently lives, or Welcome to Your Doom currently lives, and whatever we do from here on out. 
because we're going to keep covering shows, and I don't want to keep changing the title and the stream every time we do it, because that turned out to be a little cumbersome. Um, so be sure to check that out Mondays. I have a feeling we're going to take a bit of a break, because we're losing a co-host for a little bit while he's at work after we finish Frisky Dingo in two weeks. But then we'll be back at some point in the new year with a, uh, a new show that we will deep dive into. And what show that is, I'm not sure yet, but we're working on it. Grim. <laughs> not. You're going to get back to watching Grim. It's, it's not going to be Grim. Aw. That, that is spoiler alert. It's not going to be Grim. Uh, I'll let you know. It is not going to be the nearly 150 episodes of Grim. That's a lot of Grim. No, it's not. It's three years. It's It'd be three enough. years of our podcast. <laughs> it's not nearly enough. They could have gone to 10 seasons. You and I both know that's not true, and I'm not done with the show yet. Whatever. <laughs> it does. It, I am enjoying it, though. Whenever I go back to it. It'll be. We'll, we'll get there. And then a plug. Watch Grimm. <laughs> Very good, underrated show. Totally agree. It, Not joking. Totally agree. I, I know other people watched it. I don't know what fan base it still has. I feel like I'm one of the few that still care. But it's good. Solid show. Great acting. Yeah. It's the, the perfect level of dorky fun. And it has the best fucking Krampus thing ever. <laughs> it's Krampus episode's pretty fantastic. It, it is. It made me like Krampus far more than the fucking Ooh, movie. Did. You've been naughty. <laughs> fucking ridiculous. John plugging. Uh, yeah, this week uh, we got an, a new episode of Demon Days out. We're on our bi-weekly schedule for the holidays, just to give me a little bit of a break. And yeah, got a new episode out this week, and we're going to be recording another batch here to round out the year, so I'm excited. Sounds great. All right, guys, thank you so much. I know this one was a, was a bit of a rough one to get through, and it went a little bit longer than I thought it would, but we did it. Yes. We, we all we revisited survived. Rise of Skywalker, and we survived. And now we can rise from our seats and get out of here. And now, and now, and now you can do this. Yeah. So, bye. 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 See you later, bozos.